Watching at home, DCK Productions proudly brings to you the greatest podcast in the world. Come on. The greatest podcast in the world? Suck it. No, you suck it. No, you suck it. No, you suck it. No, you suck it. I appreciate it if you both suck it. Suck it. We really should stop this fighting. Otherwise, we'll miss the fireworks. There won't be any fireworks. And here we go. And welcome everybody to. I am the great and powerful king of kings, prince of all that is awesome, Derek. How the fuck is everybody on this Tuesday, August 25th of the fucking terrible year that is 2020? I hope y'all are having at least a somewhat good, good week going on. I know the fuck I am. So come along and join the magical journey that is the life of Derek. Because you know what? It is fucking fantastic. That's all I gotta say. Last night was the first night of the Republican National Convention. So that's fun. We're gonna talk about that a little bit. Um, Yeah, and then, you know, I got a special guest tonight. In a uh, performer by the name of I Am keynotes so that is gonna be fun um i did originally have a musical guest lined up for tonight however due to unfortunate unforeseen circumstances um they will no longer be with us tonight but that's fine because i've always got you know cool shit lined up anyway because that's what i do so Anyway, um, like I said, you know, um, the Republican National Convention started last night. And let me tell you what. It is, it was a, um, it was nothing but a shit show. Um, I really want to talk about what I just saw, but I, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna hold back. And I'm going to be good boy. Um, because, yeah, there's something that I just saw. And it just makes me laugh. Um, so, um, let's talk about the Republican National Convention for a second, will we? Um, so... Let's uh, let's bring up this one. 
<clears throat> so this is from uh, Deadline. And this is specifically um, talking about Stephen Colbert and Trevor Noah. So we're going to go ahead and go with that um, article because I read this earlier and it's really fucking funny. So as they pointed out, the highlights and critiqued segments from last night's, uh, excuse me, last week's virtual Democratic convention, television late night hosts returned to do the same for this week's Republican National Convention. The first another Republican National Convention, I'm going to call it the RNC, uh, which was held in North Carolina, um, saw Trump, Tim Scott, um, Kimberly Guilfoyle, and others make the same case for president, you know, for Trump. Um, from Burns about last uh, light, last night's uh, speeches to Photoshop heavy skits, there was uh, some late night reacted on the RNC. So the uh, the RNC last night just you know it, it's it, it was bad. It was bad, and um, you know. There's been a bunch of um, celebrities that have come out and talked shit about it. Um, it it's, you know, um, there's just... It, all I gotta say is I'm glad that I had Ike and Tim on last night, and I didn't have to watch this shit. Um, went off with any technical glitches or glaring mishaps, despite reports that it was still being planned right up to the last minute. There's definitely an argument to be made that Republicans benefited from exceeding lower, lowered expectations. That doesn't mean everything went smoothly, though. Uh, Republicans tried to cover a lot of ground, and some of it was definitely at odds or at times even contradictory. For instance, Republicans tried to make the case that Black Lives Matter protests were driven by extreme left-leaning faction in the Democratic Party when public opinion shows the broad swath of Americans supported underlying reasons driving the protests. Um, talk to my wife. Um, similarly, many of tonight's uh, speakers tried um, to blame China for their coronavirus, of course, because that's what they fucking do. They just, it's the it's fucking China virus. I'm sorry. Like I said before, at this fucking point, it's become nothing but the fucking Trump virus. Because all... Please pause. Sorry about that. That was about my uh, guest for the night. Um, I'll edit that out of the podcast. <laughs> um, so similarly, um, many of tonight's speakers tried to blame China for the coronavirus when the U.S. delayed taking proactive actions that would have slowed the spread of the virus earlier. And that's exactly what's going on. I mean, all they want to do is point fingers. And the same goes for the Democrats, too. Is that they're all wanting to just point frickin' fingers and... Um, Try to figure out who's the you know to blame and not actually make a fucking you know an attempt to fix anything. Because oh, it's not my fault. Oh, it's not my fault. It's like you know you walk into a fucking you know hospital and some guy crashes. Not my patient. Sorry, that's not how life works. When there's millions of Americans 
you know, affected by something. And all you want to do is sit there and use it as a political statement and point fucking fingers and say who's to blame and who's not the fucking blame. And, you know, all you're going to do is get the fucking run around. And, and that's exactly where we're at. We haven't gotten anywhere. We're not in any better situation than we were before. All we're doing is fucking spinning our wheels, trying to figure out who the fuck's to blame. Welcome to fucking New America. Yeah, let me tell you how great this place is. Let me tell you. Make a great make America great again. I saw this great um speech. I don't know if it wasn't a speech, it was like a skit. Um where these people were walking around, um, Trump rallies and stuff like that, you know. Um, you know, peaceful places, nothing crazy. Just, you know, regular old Trump supporters, nothing crazy. And they were going around saying, You guys are talking about make America great again. And they kept asking everybody, Well, when was America great? And some people were like, Oh, well, you know, right after World War II, we were strong, we were this, we were that. And then the host would be like, Oh, but you know, segregation, you know, women's rights, you know, they couldn't even vote at that time, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, yeah, except for that kind of stuff, yeah. And then, <laughs> then went to another guy and said, oh, the day we signed our Declaration of Independence and the day that we became a country on our own. Oh, yeah, you mean, you know, except for the slavery stuff and, you know, all that other stuff. Oh, yeah, well, well with that exception. And no one could define a time you know that they was that was great when they couldn't it couldn't re, be reputed by something else so enough of my chibber jabber um my guest has joined me and i am excited because i get to have a nice another musical conversation with an amazing amazing musician so please welcome to the show i am keynotes hey buddy how are you hey i'm good how you doing man good brother good um sorry about the mix-up there i don't know what happened yeah i had no idea man i was going through like a whole bunch of links (laughs) unfortunately that's what happens when i create all the links at one time and then everybody gets sent the links and it gets confusing yeah you're probably on you know you know you know uh, Anna Babies or Kai Roses or somebody else's for the sake. <laughs> no big deal though. I'm glad you're here, man. I'm glad you're here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, I'm actually uh, about four hours north of where you were raised right now. Oh, for real? Yeah, I'm in the Nova area. Hold up. Where is that? I'm, wait, not like not like uh, Philly or something? No, right outside of uh, right outside of DC in the Northern Virginia area. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So how's you, man? How is everything going for you? Man, it's it's on the up. <laughs> Definitely on the up. Yeah. Uh, a lot of work. But I mean, outside of the coronavirus, man, I'm, I'm just trying to get it. Yeah. Aren't we all? Yeah. Yeah, it's rough. I got my mask right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I've talked to a lot of musicians on this show. Yeah. Um, because uh, I mean, that's who I primarily talk to for some unknown reason. Um, mm-hmm. a lot of actors and actresses, but you know, a lot of musicians too. And yeah. the thing that sucks, um, and I'm a performer as well, I'm a stand up comic, you know, oh. not being able to go perform, 
You know, it doesn't matter if it's in front of 50 people or if it's in front of 15,000 people. Not being yeah. able to perform and feed off that energy, regardless of the size of the crowd, sucks ass. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely does. Um, especially, especially for me now, man, because, you know, like, I, I really want to see how everybody's reacting to the, I say, the new me, you know, and, you know. With all the with all the buzz and everything that's going on, man, I I really want to get out there, but yeah, everything keep getting canceled. Yeah, I mean, especially with that uh, new single that you dropped with um, the baby, you know, that it's it's a badass fucking song, dude. Yeah, thank you, thank yeah. you. Yeah, and that's one thing that I'm I've been loving about you know talking to musicians in general on this show is I never hide from the fact that I'm a hardcore metal guy. And have been for 30 some years. Um, <laughs> so for me to actually turn on a rap station, you know, to listen to a country song or whatever the case might be, um, you know, is hard for me. However, yeah. when I get when I can listen to one of my guests and actually just, you know, put all my judgment about rock out, you know, for a second and actually just get down into the nit and gritty of the song. Yeah. If it's if it's good, it's good. And your that new song is badass. I respect that. Thank you a lot. I really appreciate that. Hey, it's my pleasure. Um it's it's, you know, cuz you deserve the credit for it, man. I mean, you know, when there's a lot of artists out there that are just struggling to make, you know, anything good. Um you know, they're just throwing shit together. You know, they're pulling up fucking Pro Tools on their, and then they're typing in a bunch of things and going, oh, I got the coolest shit ever. Let me right. go ahead and throw it out there. But, right. you know, to actually put something together to something that's going to get recognized not only by the fan base, but yeah. by artists that are bigger than you that are going to come on and compilate with you and actually help promote you just by doing a little spot on that song, that's when you know you've got something. Yeah, yeah. And it's a hard. It's actually a hard thing to um to accomplish. I mean, it took me a long time. You know, it really took me a long time. But uh, shoot, I try and do anything that I can to, to help artists. I mean, I can lead them to the water, but you know, can't, <laughs> can't help them drink it. You know, exactly. Um, yeah, <laughs> they don't know how to drink. They can just get the hell out. Um, <laughs> so. How did that um that um how did that collaboration come together? What exactly uh how'd that work out? How'd they come together? Um really uh what I like to say is um relationships. You know, what I mean it's really all about the relationships that you got in the industry. And I had a a, a mutual friend that was uh he, he's a startup management. His name is Crash. He had a uh they had a fly in here, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh he uh he pretty much put the you know put the connections together he had a uh, he had the connection with the baby he used to manage his manager as a as an artist and um he pretty much connected that together he uh knew Petey Pablo so he pretty much just put everything together uh sent the money through you know and just just got it started i mean it's been a real this song right here has been Probably the biggest headache that I've had with any song, period. Why is that? Because uh, 
when you're dealing with artists that, you know, are starting to big, you know, ma major record labels, is a lot of limitations. A lot of limitations. And also with coronavirus being here, it was, it's hard to set up anything for a video. Um, it's just it's just a lot. And then, you know, uh, as you start to as you start to grow as an artist, it starts to also become everybody wants something, you know, everybody wants something out of something. So then it just becomes a lot of a lot of confusion and, you know, things just start to become a big headache. At first, I didn't even like the song. You know, I, I was like, ah, I didn't care for the beat. I just, I was like, mm. but I knew it was a good, it was a good situation. So I just did, did what I could. And I made about four verses and then I just stuck with, stuck with one and stuck with the hook and let it go. Do you feel the same about the song now? Uh, Be honest, this, this show is as real as it gets, bud. I mean, I, I like it, but it's not one of my favorites, bro. It's, de it's definitely not one of my favorites. Uh, I I have better material. So that one is, I mean, it's definitely something that, that gets people to, you know, groove and stuff like that. But, I mean, I can't say it's one of my favorites. I don't dislike it anymore. Okay. I like it, but it's not my favorite. So you have other songs that, are that have already come out or that are on the same album that are Think, um, things that are about to come out you about know? to come out okay yeah uh other other big artists um that this this whole my whole next project the ep is, is really gonna be it's gonna be it's a force to be reckoned with really good and i, I don't i don't say that as a you know as a brat because you know a lot of artists be like yeah i got the hottest shit you know, I don't, I don't feel like that. I just, I just, I feel like I'm, I'm creating. Like, I don't feel like that was like a timeless song. That has this, that has this moment. You know, but I have some songs that are really going to be, you know, timeless. You know, just a, a never die. So, with that song specifically, then um, you said you didn't, you didn't like the beat at first. I mean, and you still, you said you like it now, but it wasn't. It's still not one of your favorites. So what was the problem? I mean, did you you write the whole song? Did you do the beats? Did somebody else do it for you? Did they kind of force you into it? And then you you kind of made it your own, but at the same time it wasn't what you wanted. I mean, what exactly was the story behind it? So they um they had already they originally already did their verses. They already did their verses. Um 20 made the beat. And at that point I was like, "All right. Let me just let me just figure something out." Uh, I actually, I inquired about it. I was like, you know, maybe I should do a, you know, do a track. He was like, all right, well, let me see if I can make something happen because I was already, you know, already working on something like that. You know what I'm saying? So it just, it was the right time, you know, just coincidental, you know, and really that's how it happened. So it wasn't a, I got forced into it. It did become more of a, hey, you need to do this. You need to do this. Like after it was like, I agreed to do it because I was kind of going to back out a little bit. Just because I didn't, you know, I didn't want to deal with the, with the headache, the, you know, all of the extra stuff that comes with, like, the business aspect of it. I just rather just do my own, my own thing with less hands involved. But, uh, it, you know, it, it went, you know. So, as time goes by, and I'm sure you already know this, I mean, mm -hmm. you're going to, you might know it now and you're going to feel it later, that that shit's going to happen a lot more. 
Oh, yeah. um, especially as you get bigger and people try to control your shit and, you know, you know, say, you know, if you want to make it big, if you want to be the next, you know, you know, big ear, you know, we want to be the next Pac or you want to be the next so-and-so, you got to do this. Right. But at the same time, they didn't get anywhere by listening to those people saying, I got to do this. So what right. do you, how, what eventually are you going to do to say enough's enough? I'm my own guy. And if you don't like it, shove it up your ass <laughs> no I'm, uh, just, I'm just being honest because i yeah. mean that's just what it is yeah um i i think logical uh i definitely think logical about everything so if everything makes sense i do what i gotta you know what i gotta do i just don't do anything i'm not gonna do anything that goes against my morals you know i don't think you're gonna put me in a skirt I don't think i'm gonna wear a dress in a movie or you know like nothing, nothing ridiculous i'm not doing anything like that i don't, I don't care about the money i don't care about nothing uh, but, um, I pretty much put my foot down now, you know, uh, with my management team, it, I, I got a lot of control. I have a lot of control. I, I'm, I pretty much do everything that I want, but you know, with the, with, with strategy, you know, definitely do what I need to do and what I want to do with strategy. But I mean, um, when, when I became the uh, president of the label, I also realized I see the I see a bigger picture of what needs to be done, you know, guiding guiding the because I've been kind of like the guinea pig, you know, so I'm also leading the leading the way or pay you know carving a, a path for the rest of our artists so that we can get where we need to go. So that's awesome. Um, see, that's that's what I like to hear because I mean I hear, you know, there's so many stories out there, you know going back to Queen and Elton John and, you know, even, you know, Ozzy and then as recent yeah. as, you know, freaking Taylor Swift, you yeah. know, I mean, they made her be country and then they made her be pop. And, you know, she just kind of said, whatever, I'm doing whatever they want me to do, you yeah. know, and, and, but they lose identity that way. Um, yeah. And, you know, if it wasn't for Elton or, you know, Queen standing up for themselves, they would have never been who they are today. So, yeah. you know, standing up for yourself and, you know, standing for what you believe in is the biggest thing you could possibly do in, in, in entertainment period, yeah. not just, you know, rock rap, you know, pop, you know, whatever, you know, com comedy, uh, you know, acting Broadway, whatever the case might be, yeah. be yourself because yeah. you're going to get tossed to the wolves otherwise. Yeah. So, um, so you were raised, um, in Portsmouth and then in, uh, Northern North Carolina. Mm -hmm. Um, what was your journey like to get where you are today? <laughs> it's, I'm laughing cause it's just so, the story is so long, man. <laughs> But uh, I got you for another 35 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here's the thing. Here's the thing, man. And I want to be honest with you. So I'm unlike any other podcaster, any other interviewer you will ever talk to. Because not only do I want it, I want nothing but real shit. I don't have anything in front of me telling me about you. The only thing I knew about you is what your, your new single was and where you grew up. Everything else I want to hear comes out of your mouth. I don't care what Wikipedia says or Spotify says or what, you know, my PR rep sent me to, um, you know, I'm not doing that. I want to know from directly from you. The other thing about my show is, um, it's very, very real in the fact that, 
Um, I deal with mental health issues. I'm bipolar and I have high anxiety. So when people come to my show, they come to see, you know, you or anybody else that they're coming to, to see a different side, you know, because they can go to E entertainment. They can go to Blabbermouth, They can go wherever they want to listen, you know, read another article about you. That's just going to get the same bullshit here. It's all about real and I want to know the deep, dark shit if you're willing to talk about it. I want to know about your stress levels. I want to know about how you get through the day because you know what? The guy that out there that listens to my show specifically just because he has bipolar disorder and wants to know how I get through my day or you get through your day, if he can Mm -hmm. say to himself, if they can do it, so can I, then we did our job. So let the realness and the long story come out because I want to hear it all, brother. All right. So... Um, all right, so yeah, I was born, born and raised in uh, Portsmouth, Virginia. Uh, went through some struggles out there. I'm gonna give you, the, I'm gonna give you the nitty gritty, but I'm gonna try and skim through it. You know, um, give you a, a good portion of it. Um, I, uh, I moved to North Carolina. I think my tenth grade year. Yeah, my tenth grade year, and. I went to I went through school there, went to Charlotte, then I moved to Gastonia. So I kind of like I moved around. I had to stay with my my aunt and uncle for about a year. I went to school with them, um, went through a lot of a lot of stuff over there, um, you know, dealing with uh, alcoholism, you know, what I mean, uh, stuff like that. So like more so like I didn't get abused or nothing like that, but I was uh, I say verbally, you know, verbally abused, um, you know, where they, they feeling like I'm not going to. I'm not going to succeed, you know, and that a lot of the time that came with the alcohol talking. So and I, I started like more so my thing for a long time was basketball, I was big on basketball. So I played basketball in school. Um, I did uh, try to go to college. I tried to go to college. I started like with a summer thing um, and it, it was like a community. No, not a community college, but. I can't even remember. It was so long ago. Anyway, I went, I went to, <laughs> I went and did that. Um, they was going to have me starting and everything like that. But then I had an issue with, um, with a child support issue. So that wasn't, uh, that wasn't going to work out. I didn't know at the time because my mom didn't tell me. Um, she tried to protect me from anything like with my dad and, you know, all of that stuff. Um, at that point, you know, I, I mean, I've been raised pretty much by my mom. Uh, my dad, uh, he is around now. He is around me and him gained a good relationship. We are uh, definitely cool. Um, he supports me now, but it did take a long time for me to get my family on board to understand that this is this is real that I can do this. Um, but uh, after school, I moved. Um, I moved back. I moved with my dad, and I got to know him a lot better. At that point, I was really in the street. So, you know, I was about seventeen years old. I was really in the street, smoking, you know, I'm drinking, partying, whatever, you know, uh, doing all kind of stuff. <laughs> um, but I was still making, I was at that point, I was making music like on like a, like a little tape recorder, you know, things like that, doing the basic stuff. I was using a program called Audacity. I'm pretty sure you know what it is. <laughs> so, yeah, I used, I used to have my little, my little computer mic. I used to throw a sock on that shit and, you know what I mean, just start rapping because <laughs> I started off rapping, so um, that was funny. So that, you know, I thought that I was better than what I was, uh, like a lot of artists. <laughs> I thought I was better than what I was, but um, I just kept on kept on working with it. I, I, I failed a lot at that time because I was more into 
uh, women, you know. So a lot of the time I was going through a lot of bad relationships, uh, women women cheating on me and things like that. But I was really like a, a go hard, you know, this if I'm with you, I'm with you. That, that was always how I was. But it, they they would always assume that I was more of the help. But it really, that wasn't me You taking how, you know, whatever you see or whatever the case and, you know, carrying me like that. So a lot of them used to cheat on me. I caught one, I, I caught one of my girlfriends in the bed with another dude. Um, I think that was back in like 2011 or 2010. Um, that wasn't cool. That that definitely took took me over, took me over the edge. And I, matter of fact, I'm gonna tell you the story. So I'm on <laughs> So I went to work. One one fact, a fun fact that don't nobody knows is that I used to work at Chuck E. Cheese. So awesome. yeah, I used to work at Chuck E. Cheese. I started off, I started off as Chucky. I was in the mouse suit. I got the job because I could flip. I went in there, I was like, I'll do flips in this suit. I'll do whatever y'all want me to do. I need a job. And she was like, You can do a flip. I was like, I'll do one right now. Did a back tuck. She was like, You got the job. You <laughs> <laughs> got the job. I was like, all right, cool. So um, so one day that I, I had to go to work, she stayed in Norfolk. Um, she went to uh, NSU. So she stayed in Norfolk. I I stayed the night over there and I went home. Well, I went to work that day. I said, I don't think that I'm going to come back because, I, I mean, I'm going across the water. I might not come back tonight. But I was like, whatever. I got off early. I called her. Wasn't answering the phone. But she always told me, just come in. Just come in. You know, you're my boyfriend. Just come in. I was like, all right, because she used to leave her door open because she had somebody staying with her um, that didn't have a key. So I got over there. I saw that her TV was on, but she wasn't answering the phone. And I was like, okay, she's here. You know, so I knocked. But her phone was actually, her cell phone was off, but her house phone was on. So I went upstairs. I, I was knocking on the door. And I was like, man, I came all the way over here, man. Let me try, you know, try and open this door. Open the door. I go in, and her door was closed. And I knocked again. I'm like, why am I knocking? Went in, saw what I saw. <laughs> I saw what I saw. And I didn't even, it's crazy because I didn't even flip out. I didn't even flip out. I just had to swallow a big bullet. I was just like, wow. You know, that that's that's crazy. You know, and then she, the first thing that came out of her mouth, she said, baby, it's not what it seems. Just like the movies. I was like. What is this, a Shaggy video? Yeah. yeah. It wasn't me. <laughs> it wasn't me. So, I, you know, she started trying to grab me. I mean, I just kept pushing her off and stuff like that. And that definitely added fuel to the fight um, to, for me to continue to, to, to grow. Chris Brown came out with um, Take You Down. When Chris Brown came out with that, I said, you know what? I want to try and sing. He getting all the girls. I'm like, anytime that you can make – Everybody hump the floor off because you sing. I got to start doing this. I got to figure this out. I started off. I wasn't sounding good at all. First first song that I sung was by T-Pain. Um, uh, you can't believe it. Yeah, I can't believe it. I started singing that. I needed like hella auto-tune. So I used auto-tune and it still sounded bad, man. But <laughs> but I tried. Um and I just kept on. At that point, I'm not. I'm, I'm the type of person that I, I have to be good at the things that I do. You know, um, anything that I'm doing, I just strive to be. I don't try to be better than anybody else. I just have to be better than what I expect. You know, so I, I just kept on working on it every day. I was dancing already. Um, 
I was dancing already. That was like my main thing after basketball. I started dancing. Uh, I, I went to NSU. That's how I met that girl as well. We was on the same dance team. Uh, but I was dancing all the time, but I was also recording while I was there at the studio. Then, um, man, what happens next? I kept on, yeah, I just I just kept on working on singing uh, for, for a good little while. Major point, I think, so 2012, that's when I joined the Army. So I went um, Army National Guard, and that was just because I was like, I don't know how, I don't know how this music thing is gonna work out. I want to put all my eggs in this basket. So because I'm doing that, I need to have some type of uh, backup plan. So I'll do reserve, and if all else fails, I'll go active. So that was the plan. So um, I joined, quit my well, I quit my job. Joined the um, army, went to boot camp, blah 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 blah. Got done, got my unit. I was back in North Carolina because I uh, I joined from there. So when I quit my job, I went and stayed with my mom for a little while, and joined from there. So did my thing in the army. Then uh, as time went past, I ended up with, I met somebody in the army when I was at a uh, field training, and he was into music as well. He met my first manager. Um, sad to say, his brother passed away, but at the funeral, he met a, a, a mutual friend. And his mutual friend, you know, excuse me, he met my manager, which his brother was a mutual friend at the funeral. So that's how that came about. He, at first, it started off like, okay, you pay me for the services, you know, pay me to do this, pay me to do that. And that was like $500 a month. It gets expensive. So we couldn't do it anymore. And he just said, fuck it. Let's just do it. You don't. Um, we started making a lot of connections. Uh, Coke boys uh, hit me up on Instagram. I, I made a song called what's the play, which I'm actually uh, starting to, I say reinventing it now, you know, it just got re-released. So uh, it's a, it's a really dope song, but they, they hit me up on that. And I, I met them. That's when I learned, um, I learned how to move as an artist. So I kind of learned, I kind of learned a lot of the fake stuff that goes on in the industry, you know, because you think that, you think that these artists are all this, all that, but half of the time it's, it's not what it seems and it's not as organized as everybody thinks. So that's what I thought. I thought it was organized and all of this good stuff. I see all the chains and the jewelry and all of that, but you know, people, they, they sharing jewelry. They, half of them got jewelry. They don't have cars. Uh, things of that nature. But um, I learned how to move as an artist, went to clubs, um, like a little, they had like a little club tour. I started learning a game like that. I formed a real decent relationship with them. So that was like the, the mecca of where everything started so far as like the relationships with people that do have industry connects. Um, then Tom rolls again, a couple years down the line. Um, well, I can't even skip that far. Uh, studio situation. I found a real good studio situation. Uh, it was called uh, W Entertainment. He had he his name was DJ Wood. He had a, a a real good situation for me. He allowed me to come record all the time. He just believed in me. So that was the first step finding somebody that believed in me. Then I went to uh, three colleges. I went to three colleges because at this time I was looking for a team. So I went to three colleges. 
I was looking for a videographer. I went, you know, you know, when you're trying to network and talk to people, you deal with a lot of bullshit and you know, people that really are bullshitting, but yeah. whatever. So I went through a lot of that, but I ended up finding a real solid guy to shoot my videos, follow me around, do vlogs and things of that nature. Then um, I got with a, a model to help me do a video. Then I started formulating a good system of of a team. And when I go into clubs and things of that nature, I would have a cameraman behind me, you know, so to, just to have people say, who is that? You know, who is that? Just to bring some attention. Um, that came, you know, got me a good little ways. Uh, within the army, I met another girl. Um, she was, uh, <laughs> yeah, she also, I also caught her uh, cheating, you know, the same exact way. <laughs> the same exact way. <laughs> but this time, this time, man, it was um, it was way more of a serious situation. Real, really serious situation because we were living together. So, yeah, so, you know, um, we had had a, a, a fallout. And I went ahead because, you know, I'm not going to put my hands on the female so that, so that I didn't, I had to leave because I was that pissed off, you know. So I went ahead and left. I packed up my stuff. I said, you know, I'm just going to leave for a little bit. You can do, you know, do your thing in here, but I'll be back. We just need to cool it for a little while. So um, every now and then I would come back. I went to stay with my dad. And when I came back one time, I noticed that she was acting weird and um, really weird. So one of the days I came back, not trying to catch her. I just knew it was a, I knew it was a potential that I could catch her doing some stupid shit. But it was in the morning time. That was what was weird about it. I came in the morning. And uh, I, I left my gun in the, at the time I had, I had a gun, you know, I left it in the car because I thought that I was like, if I find out anything crazy, I'm going to shoot the place up. So I left the gun in the car. I went in there and um, yeah, she had, she had, uh, it was a, a guy sleeping on the floor in the front room and it was a dude in the, in the bedroom with her. I didn't go in there because I already knew, you know, I already knew. I just, I, I waited like not even five minutes. They, they both came out. And I still thought to do something, but because I felt like I had a situation, um, I, I mean, it killed me not to do anything. It really did. But now looking back at it, I'm like, you know, thing, it, it served a purpose. But it made me feel like I lost a big sense of my manhood because, you know, I, I never been a chump. You know, I'm not, I'm not a chump. It was just that I had something bigger going on. So a bigger vision so i didn't do anything um i just cut everything off just cut everything off um and that actually has been what i have used for all like for all of this time to fuel my fire and at that point it was kind of like a breaking point with me because I, I, I at that point i lost i lost everything um dealing dealing with her you know trying to get her straight and all of that stuff and I, I pretty much lost everything. I lost my car, lost my, my crib, lost my job. Um, I still had the army though, which was always the plan, you know, still had the army. But uh, I went through a, a long period of depression, a real long period of depression. Um, and I'm still trying to get it. I went out and got my CDL so that I could drive trucks. Um, did that for about two years. And then I said, okay, my contract is up with the army. What I'm, you know, it's pretty much up. What do I need to do? And I went acting because music still wasn't music still wasn't doing what I needed it to do. So now I'm actually active duty, um, working. Um, I'm a, a sergeant 
in charge of soldiers and things of that nature. And I'm just making music as much as I possibly can. I'm doing a lot of business. I, I go to work, I come home, and I, I'm back at work. I, it's a nonstop relationship building. It, it just, it's never ending. Uh, and just pr practicing on the craft. And I also help help other artists get to where they need to be, you know, creating services as long as they, they understand that is a budget that's needed for everything that you do in the industry. You just, you just have to have a budget, you know, have to have some type of money to put toward. I mean, and I know you know that, you know, like whatever you do, you just, you just have to have some type of money. Um, and when you don't is when you have genuine, genuine relationships with people. And then even then that still can't save you from having to put something up sometime. Like it just, just is what it is. Yeah. Um, and now, I mean, I'm pretty much here right now at this point, you know, uh, busted down went platinum. We hit number one on a billboard and, uh, we working on, working on more, more music, more tracks, uh, working on putting the EP out. And yeah. So I want to go ahead and rewind a second and um, touch on something that you just talked about. Mm -hmm. um, you said that when you caught that second woman cheating on you, uh -huh. you felt like you lost some of your, a piece of your manhood. Why is that? Because um, deep down, you know, you feel like you know nobody will let that that fly. And then, you know, just having to explain that situation to anybody is like, oh, no, hell no, I would have done this. I would have done that. I would have, you know, and also knowing in my heart, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to just fly off, but it wouldn't have helped me none if I would have done that. You know, I'd have been in jail, you know, if I would have done that. So, but just knowing what I, what I wanted to do, I mean, because I, I went through a lot of pain, a lot of pain over one relationship. And, you know, anybody that's been in deep relationships, they understand that, that that pain can get real, it can get real deep and it can get real dark to the point where you want to kill yourself over, you know, over a relationship, you know, because you, you wonder why would you do something like this to me when I've been your backbone, you know, when I've been doing this, I've been doing that, but, you know, it's, you know, it, it was definitely a, a, a dark moment, but I felt like I lost my manhood because I, I felt like, still to this day, I feel like I should, no, like I should have done something, you know, I should have done something instead of just sitting there gulping. Like, I can't believe it. You know, I mean, yeah, like I, I yelled at her a little bit, but it, it, it didn't get the point across. But in that moment, see, this is where the mental health stuff comes in. See what happens yeah. here. See what yeah. I do to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in that moment, let's be realistic. Um, say we had beaten that guy's ass or, you know, did something you would have definitely regretted and whooped her ass or did something stupid along those lines. Yeah. Would you have gotten your manhood back? Man, I, I feel like, I feel like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is not the answer I was expecting. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie to you, man. Cause you know, just knowing that he can, he, he's still walking out. You know, walking around chilling like, yeah, I fuck his girl. Like, you know what I mean? Like all that shit, like in his house, on his bed. You know what I mean? It's like, wow. At at this point, I mean, yeah, I could point and laugh, but it's still like it doesn't do it enough justice. <laughs> Just yeah. Not enough justice. Yeah, I mean, 
and I've been through that before. Um, my first wife, man, cheated on me left and right. But my dumbass self stuck around. Right. Um, because I was also, you know, once I found out she was cheating, I said, oh, it's free game. Pussy fest. Right. <laughs> so, so I went and, you know, did my thing. But I stuck around. And, you know, it fucked me up. But at the same time, I look back on it now and it's like, there was literally nothing I could have done. Right. You know, you know, it's, it had nothing to do with me and probably had nothing to do with you. Um, yeah. It has everything to do with, you know, the woman, because what I've learned in life um, when it comes to, especially when it comes to relationships, yeah, it is not my job and it will never be my job to make my wife happy. Right. It is never my wife's job to make me happy. The only person that can make me happy is me. You. So if they're, you know, regardless of how well you treat them and how happy they are with you, if they're unhappy on the inside, they're going to do whatever the fuck they want to anyway. So, mm -hmm. you know, it had nothing to do with, you know, your manhood or anybody else's. It just had to do with her lack of respect for herself. You're right. Right. So if that helps you at all, you know. Listen to Guru Derek. He knows all. <laughs> yeah, man. Or at least that's the lies I tell people. <laughs> hey, I got you, Guru. <laughs> hey, man. You know, we got to stick together. Exactly, man. That's a hard time, man. That That is a, you know, it's a hard thing. But, you know, stuff like that, you know, it really made me stronger. Um, and, you know, when you go through situations like that, you lose a, a sense of your self-worth. And, uh, you know, I definitely got my self-worth back um, after the time that I spent being depressed off of it, you know. Uh, definitely got my self-worth back. And I don't I don't trip. <laughs> I just I just keep on. But that's why, you know, work, work keeps me going. You know, if I get steady you know then i start thinking about stupid shit and whatever i gotta keep on keep on moving so this has definitely been like my my alibi to, to keep uh you know stability mental stability i mean i i still i do suffer from um anxiety um i have bad anxiety i mean i have um anxiety attacks and things of that nature um i mean it, it can get it can get pretty bad i don't know exactly what I don't know exactly what triggers it, but most of the time, most of the time I think is when, um, when I have like a, like a shock, you know, like I'm shocked about something or, you know, I'm put on the spot about something that I really have to address at that moment and I don't want to or something like that, you know, then I just get, it get crazy. I can't control it. I start crying and like all this crazy shit and can't breathe. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but I mean, I, I, I handle it. Um, you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Get get whatever medication for you, that you can. I can't smoke anymore, so I guess that's out the window. I wish I could, but, you know, that's out the window. Why's that? Because I'm in the Army. Oh, you're still in the Army. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm active duty right now. You're still active duty. You got yeah. you. Gotcha. Yep. How long before you get out? Um, I got till next year, November. Um, Yeah, November. So... I mean, and I still, you know, even though I do have 
a lot going on, a lot of positive. Hey, nothing is guaranteed. So, you know, I just, I mean, I'm, I'm going to let them know that I'm, I'll re-enlist. And I just keep on just until something, until I have it in my hand, like, you know, until I have the whole thing going, I'm just going to keep on doing what I'm doing and, and go from there. I, I tell, I, I try to tell a lot of people, a lot of artists to focus on your life first. Um, that's just from my my experience because you know if you're not living right things aren't gonna be right, and especially with your especially with whatever whatever dream that that you're chasing, it gets real rough if you're not stable in life. You know, like a lot of rappers will rap buying clothes and jewelry and stuff, and then they don't have a car, and, and it's not even because they can't get one. They just haven't. They don't feel like it. You know, like they yeah. feel like it's okay to. You know, just call somebody to take them up there, whatever. So, you think you're gonna re-enlist next year? Be honest with you, probably not. But, um, but I will. Um, I will re-enlist. But I, I mean, if music, if music really takes off like it should, I, I'll be getting out. Just, just because it's, it's gonna be too much of a hassle, and it's gonna be a conflict of, of interest for the army anyway. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna have to get out, but as of right now, I'm not even. I'm just going with the punches, just going with the flow. Yeah, because I was gonna say, I mean, you know, at first having that backup plan, you know, is always a a smart thing. Um, however, once you get to a certain age, it, it's like you know what you need to fucking dive into the deep end yeah, and just learn how to swim. Yeah. I mean, if, especially if you have the right people behind you telling you, telling you, Hey, you can do this. You're doing the right things, you know, keep trucking. If you've got that group of people behind you and you know, damn well that they're waiting for that paycheck because they know you're going to take off eventually. Then, you know, yeah. you got guns going something on, but if they're waiting for that paycheck and they come to you and say, dude, just fucking stop. It's one of those things. But right. if, you've got, if you've got that team, man, it's all about, in some cases, just diving head first and yeah. drowning for a little bit. Because when you drowned, that's when you really find who you are. And yeah. your stress level is going to go through the roof. That anxiety is going to go through the roof. You're going to have depressive days where you can't even get out of bed. Yeah. Uh, especially if you already suffer from some type of mental illness. Yeah. But the moment that you can get that taste in your mouth, the moment that you can smell it, <laughs> you might not be able to see it yet, but you can taste it and you can smell it. It's in the air. It's like... You know, you're driving through, you know, a, a good, you know, that part of town that has the best barbecue in the fucking city and you right. can smell it and right. you can just your nose alone can direct you to that little hole in the wall <laughs> with, you know, with these 67 year old Southern ladies just yelling at you. Get your fucking order and go. Yeah. And if you can find that hole in the wall, you know, you fucking made it. And, yeah. and that's and that's the, sometimes the only way to do it is just uh, trust your taste and trust your smell. The eyes will deceive you, but that taste does not go away if you can if it's there, it's there. Right, and um, you definitely are right about that, and that's that's really what point I'm at 
Um, I'm probably even past that past that point. Like if I were if I were to quit right now, although I can't, but <laughs> if I if I were to be able to, I actually probably make it a little faster because you know it's a lot of things, um, a lot of people that I need to uh, move around to. Like I need to go to Atlanta right now, you know, but I, I can't go. I can't just up and leave, you know. Whereas to if I wasn't here or if, if I wasn't bound to the army, I would be able to just go out here and knock this stuff out. Go to whatever studio they need me to go to, do whatever interviews, you know. Um, but right now I can't, you know. And, and I mean, I have conversations with uh, with a lot of artists in the industry, a lot of uh, a lot of producers, you know. Like now, now I'm I'm in the industry. I'm like literally, you know, collaborating with them and, and talking and learning and all that, you know. Whereas to before, it wasn't you know it it would have been too so much of a risk, you know. Oh yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, now it would kind of be like I, I could do it, and be, you know, with what I'm doing, uh, finally the music is paying for itself. So I would be able to, I would definitely be able to survive. I can't act like I'm not a little nervous, you know. I can't act like I'm not nervous, but I mean, you know, got to do what you got to do sometimes. So I mean, yeah. yeah, where are you stationed at now? I'm in Fort Drum. I'm in okay. New York. Yeah, gotcha. How you like it up there? I hate it. <laughs> I hate it here, man. It's depressing. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, when you asked me, I just like thought about all the fucking snow, and you know, oh, it's coming. Yeah, you know, and you know, just how they because this is a, a infantry division. You know, I'm I'm not infantry. I, I drive trucks, which we work hand in hand with the infantry, but. Um, Everything is just infantry, you know. I get, I get. It gets old, man. You know, like just like, just like anything, you know, like all the rules, all the regulations, and you know, it does get old. I want. I'm not gonna bash the army, you know. I'm not gonna bash them, but you know, it gets. It, it's old. Anybody that's been in for a long time, they know. So I mean, yeah, most of my friends that I have have been in for a long time, because um, when I was in school. We were all ROTC buffs. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, my my best friend of, fuck, 20-some years um, is a captain now. And she's somewhere, you know, classified right now. She, you know. Yeah. <laughs> she's doing something over there. Um, somewhere in the Middle East. Um, and, you know, her husband is uh, Special Forces as well. So, I mean, that's a military family. And I've got, you know, a friend that... Uh, Graduated a year before me, who just became a lieutenant colonel, um, is oh. is, a, is an Apache uh, fucking, uh, you know, airman. I mean, he. I mean, I got so many friends in the military, but you know, that is their life. That is their passion. Yeah, yeah. But, it, if, you're, but if it was just your backup plan, you know, <laughs> right? I can imagine wanting to get out when you can. Right, right, right. You know, I, I do my best. You know, I definitely do my best with what I, you know, with everything that I do. So, uh, oh, absolutely. Even you know, even with being here and not knowing that I really don't want to be here, uh, I do my best. But I think what what keeps me striving is just the my desire to uh, really help people. So now I'm, you know, now I'm able. Uh, when I ranked up and everything, it, it really put me in a a position to be able to help people that were coming up because I came up on bad leadership. So. You know that that's what really makes me thrive to be able to show people that it's, it's other things in life is you know just 
you know, just all kind of I teach every day. That's like my that's like my main thing, you know, just teaching and teaching and teaching for anybody that wants to learn. I don't I don't go out of my way for people that don't quit. You know, for the people that want to learn, I, I teach them everything, which means I got to do a lot of studying myself because I can't just be guiding them to the wolves, you know. Yeah. So you're, you're stuck up in uh, New York. You, you can't do any touring. You got some music that's getting ready to get released. You just had this huge single be released. What's your plan for the next six months, year? Uh, to really... To keep going hard, I'm gonna release uh, release the EP like like you just said. Release this music and just keep on keep on aiming for the for the for the money, man. Um, that's really at the moment. That's really the, the, that's really the, the main goal. Um, not just money, but just to keep on building my brand. Um, get get as as big as I can. You know, I'm not really too focused on the fame. You know, I'm not too focused on because you know how with popularity what comes with it, and, and I mean, Shit. it's already yeah, it's you know it's crazy because it's already it's already getting ridiculous, really yeah. ridiculous. I, I just got a phone call today that uh, somebody tried to use me as leverage. That somebody I don't even I, we don't know. You know, they try to use me as leverage to uh, to get in with a, another record label. You know, and it, it's kind of like. They were they were pretty much trying to market them. And we were like, huh? Like we don't know. That, so they pretty much took credit for saying that they marketed me. And I'm just like, wow, you know. Hey, that's when you know you've made it. When people are using your name for fake situations. <laughs> yeah, like it's like I, that first time you get your first stalker. You know, yeah. that first stalker is like, oh yes, I <laughs> fucking made it. Second stalker, on the other hand, that's a little creepy. But that first one. That's yeah. that's that's a sign. That's a, like a rite of passage. Yeah, I mean, Instagram, Instagram stalkers, uh, just a bunch of the the weird shit that you see. You know, it's, it's just like what the like. You just don't even imagine that people really are are like that. I mean, all the all the scammers. I've been scammed probably about twenty times. I didn't lost thousands of dollars behind scams. You know. Now people trying to scam off of me. People talking to talking to Petey Pablo, talking to the baby, uh, all of that stuff, saying that you know, saying that they work with me and we they help with. I mean, it, <laughs> and they they calling us and they saying, you know this guy, and we like, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. It's just that's crazy. That's messed up, man. It's that's crazy. So fucked up. Yeah, I mean, even in, on what I on the level I do, I mean, comedy and you know, the talk show podcast i don't even know what the fuck this show is anymore um it's a a live talk show but it goes into a podcast later so it's just a show um that's just what it is it's it's just the show um you know i get people all the time you know copying everything i fucking do and then you know or will ask me for advice give me advice and then and then so i'll give them advice and then they go and make a youtube video with the advice i just gave them Trying to teach people the stuff that, and then not give me any fucking credit. No and then, credit. not only in that video, this I, this happened. This is recent. Um, not only in that video did they try to teach other people what I taught them, not give me any credit. 
They also said, well, I learned this from somebody. However, I don't like the way he did it. And so I'm just not going to mention him at all. She completely fucking dissed me the entire time. And it's like, what the fuck? I, I went off, man. And it's like one of those idiot fucking... I don't believe in social media promoters. I, yeah. I think that is the, one of the biggest crocs of shit, you know, thing you could possibly ever do. But yeah. when you got a social media promoter talking about how great they are and they have fucking 400 fans on their fucking Instagram yeah. and you go to their YouTube channel and they might have one or two views per fucking episode or per, yeah. per video, but yet they're a social media... Fuck you! Right, right. <laughs> hey, I mean... Yeah, it gets it gets weird. I, I that's funny, man. I just gave somebody some advice. Uh, I think last night or this morning, one one or the other. Um, he was like, obviously you're doing some um, real good. And it's somebody that I knew from the past. Um, uh, he's been in the studio with me. Um, and he he asked me. He said, uh, obviously you're doing some um some real good marketing. You got any tips? And I was like, I mean, I don't know where to start, but you know, I just started saying like, hey, you know, Instagram. I mean, anybody can hear this because. Like, even though this is what I do, that don't mean it's necessarily going to work for you. I'm just doing what works for me, yeah. you know. So I'm like, you know, Instagram, what I've noticed is that they, they like a lot of uh, videos. You know, right now, it's just everybody just likes videos. They, you know, they don't really care too much about what you actually do. They really want to be in your personal life. And they, they want, you know, they like uh, memes and quotes and stuff like that, stuff that they, they doing things that they can relate to. And, um, I just told him, you know, different. Just is a bunch of different things that I that that I am doing, and um, he was just like, he was like, all right, thanks. I was like, what? Yeah, no, <laughs> you know, no, no problem. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You know, like you said, everybody wants a piece of what you got too. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I so, mean, I, I've been working, I've been working at this shit for so long, though. I mean, sometimes it's crazy when you know. When you you get to a certain point, and I'm just looking back, like wow, like y'all really look at me like I'm this and I'm that, and I I, I don't you know like I mean I'm a humble guy, you know like I I'm just like I'm I'm really I'm not doing anything that you can't do. We got the same 24 hours. You just gotta you know know how you use it. You know I'm not doing anything different. I, I work hard at my craft, and as long as people can really work hard on their craft and be honest, people. I just got scammed out of, you know, I just got scammed out of a thousand dollars just just recently over a video. They supposed to be making me a, a animated video. You know, it's been four months. They, they wanted paperwork. But, you know, we get we gave the we gave them paperwork for y'all like arguing and screamed over paperwork. And now you like you just ignore me and stuff like that. So now you, I have way more leverage to use a lawyer, you know, like really just. But it's just kind of like, I don't, I don't get this. It just gets awkward, man. Real awkward. Yeah, and that's how, and that's how the, you know, again, people are always out to take your shit. Yeah. Or they, they start seeing that you're doing something. Either they want to hop on board or they want to try and hinder you. Yeah. Cause, and those people are just jealous of your success. It's, it's crazy. Dude, um, I have a lot of faith in you, and I think that you're going to go places. Um, like I said, I mean, when you can get a metal guy to listen to a track from a rap guy and actually have you know a respect for it on a level 
you know, because I don't like electronic beats. And I've always been an advocate for people actually playing their own instruments. Yeah. But, but when you have vocal talent and you can actually use your, your vocals as an instrument, that yeah. takes to a whole other level. Um, yeah. There's a lot of rappers out there that, you know, will, you know, use auto tune or slow down their fucking vocals and it just sounds like this and i don't fucking get it you know it's like that's not music to me but if you if you have an electronic sound behind you that's cool i mean more power to you but at the same time if you can over you know overshadow that electronic beat with a you know the vocals of you know of an instrument you know that really just kind of carry it that's yeah. that sets you apart right there, and I think you do that, bro. Man, I, I really appreciate it, man. I really, I really appreciate it. <laughs> really, I mean, uh, it's uh, like hearing hearing it. You know, it, it's like man, uh, you know, because just knowing where I started with it, you know, knowing where I started, it's just like man. Uh, I mean, I, I really appreciate that. Uh, and I, I wanna, I actually wanna start getting into um, more rock. I have like a, some army buddies, man, that send me uh, rock and roll songs, man. Like this one guy's name is uh, Sergeant Sherman. That's my guy. He just, he always, every day, just sending me new rock songs and stuff. I mean, cause I, I really like it, and I wanna, like, I know I'm black, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I wanna, like, you know, create some of that, you know, some of that type of music. But it's, it's. At first, I used to say, "Man, they just screaming and you know da 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 da." And then when I started really getting deep into music, I'm like, "Shit, I can't fucking do that shit." Screaming is on a level that it takes years and understanding and knowing how to you know use your vocal cords and closing off your you know your your lungs to a certain degree and just kind of push. It, It takes skill, and a lot of people just don't get that. And you know, um, but let me tell you what. You know, you, you said you're black, so who gives a shit? Um, yeah. dude, you know, LaShawn of Seven Dust is black. Um, fucking, you know, there's countless count. I mean, there's an old band that not around anymore named God Forbid, 350 pound black dude, about six foot five, with dreads as long as he was tall, just yeah. fucking. Just, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, the name of the band was God Forbid, but I mean, that is, you know. When I go to a show, um, especially a festival, I see everybody unified at a rock show. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're black, white, Muslim, you know, Korean, whatever. It yeah. is, it, it's nothing but love at those places. Yeah. And it just, you know, it is the greatest thing in the world. So if you can, and when I see, when I can hear a good fusion of metal and rock, you know, people that can really pull it off, yeah. you know, then you've got something. Cause I mean, taking two different things that shouldn't go together that yeah. you can, you can make, you know, work, you know, more power to you. Ice T is the biggest example of that. Him and body count. I mean, yeah. God, I mean, that's been around for nearly 30 years now, Yeah. but I mean, you know, you've got bands like Falling in Reverse with the lead singer Ronnie Radke. He can do both. He's a white guy, but he can both rap and yeah, you know, he's sing. Down. I know him. 
Yeah, I mean, so I mean, there's so much out there, man. I mean, if you can capitalize on that and still bring your regular audience over with you and then expose them to the other side of the business and then them you get this new side of the business that's exposed to you and kind of take them back over to the rock the rap side of it. It, yeah. it that's music music is unity. Music yeah. it it unifies everybody. Yeah. Except for the skinheads, fuck them. Uh, but it unifies everybody, yeah. and and the more we ha- we are able to have music that incorporates everything, you know, when a country artist tells me that his favorite band is Avenged Sevenfold, that's my dude. And, and yeah. I have a again, I have a good friend who's a country artist that's been on the show countless times. And again, he's a country artist, but he loves Avenged Sevenfold, and it's like cool, you know, and. You know, it's one of those things, again, that just unifies people. And if we had more people just doing music and and going to concerts and just having love, yeah, life would be fucking better. It would, man. Period. Man, I got so much respect for um, for, uh, just the the whole rock genre, man. You know, because I I, I can't say – I kind of been, like, studying it. Like, not studying it to to create it, but just, like – just how they how they playing the instruments, you know. Like I didn't I didn't see them, um, you know, seen them in the studios actually recording this shit live. And I'm just like, damn, y'all really do this shit. You <laughs> know, like y'all really doing this shit. And you know, being on stage, just having the energy. Their videos are always really creative. Like I mean, I even been listening to uh, a band called The Who. Um, I don't like I don't know too much about about them i Wait, just man, the, the who the hu yeah oh my oh, ugh. <laughs> uh, uh. I, you know, uh, I see i oh i cannot see I'm, that is one band i cannot uh-huh i'm in the wrong direction <laughs> you're in the wrong direction man <laughs> <laughs> hey but you know it's another i don't know the names off back I, I got them all in my phone and i just go i go straight down the list and some of these guys can really genuinely sing. Like, they can really sing. I'm like, oh, shit. When I found that out, I'm like, man. It, it, but they, they also can just, you know, can growl, you know, scratch you know scratch their voice. They can take it up so high. I can't do that shit. I mean, because you yeah. still have to stay on pitch. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah. I mean, there's some screamers and there's some growlers that don't growl or scream on pitch. Um, but it's the ones that can, you know, Corey Taylor of Slipknot, that guy has a four octave range and he can growl and scream in, in key. Um, yeah. there's another lady, um, lead singer of a band called in this moment. Check them out. They're amazing. Her name is, uh, Maria Brink. This oh. shit, this, <laughs> yeah. In this moment is the name of the band. Um, this chick is like a goddess and the, the, the amount of range that she has and the the symphonic yet metal sound that they per you know provide is just it's epic epic so check them out too man but um you're you're right you're right i mean the the level of awesomeness that rock does provide and also there's so many different genres you know you got your funk rock you've got your pop rock you've got your you still got punk, but it's not as punk anymore. And then you've got your metal and then your black metal and your death metal and your grunt. <laughs> it's got so much different stuff going on. And 
you just make it your own and you can do whatever the hell you want with it. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, some of them get, you know, have uh, start to do rap and, you know, I know I listen to a lot of 21 pilots. Um, Not a big fan, but you know what? They've got skills. Yeah. Yeah. I I just, I like the, I like the sound. Um, I like the sound that they got. And then you hear them everywhere, like gas stations and all that shit. So, I mean, I'm just like, yo, I got to hear it. They must be doing something right, right? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of the rock uh, genres, the the song, like their, their numbers are ridiculous on like YouTube and all of that stuff. I mean, 100 million and, you know, the, it's crazy. So let me throw this number out at you. So next year, I think it's next year, 90, uh, 2001, the Metallica Black album has been out for 30 years. That album still sells five to 6,000 copies of the CD every week still to this day. Jesus. 30 what? years of nothing but five to 6,000 every week. Which uh, what what was that called? That was the Metallica Black album. Came out in 1991. It's the one that's got like Enter Sandman and stuff like that on it. Okay. It's like their most famous album. But yeah, that that album still generates five to six thousand, you know, you know, album sales every week. Still thirty years later. That's crazy, man. And that's and that's what rock does. What do you um, think? Of, um, Guns and Roses. You gotta like them. I like Slash. I don't like Guns N' Roses. <laughs> they were they were overhyped, man. And, you know, Axl Rose was like the epitome of what everything rock should not be. Yeah. You know, that whole, oh, my throat hurts, but I'm going to sit here and drink a you know glass of champagne and smoke a cigarette and <laughs> say I can't go on stage tonight. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, I've just I was never, never an Axel fan or a Guns N' Roses fan. Slash, on the other hand, I mean, that guy's still doing his thing. He's got two different bands that he does. Um, you know, he works with a guy named Miles Kennedy, um, and they have a bunch of good albums out. Um, but yeah, Slash is great. Yeah, Guns N' Roses, nope. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I, I, I mean. I'm still, like I said, I'm I'm still learning, trying to trying to find my field, but it's just I, I really just got involved with it, you know. Um, maybe I'm, about a month. I'm gonna ago. DM, I'll DM you on Instagram, and I'll yeah. send you a list of rock that you need to listen to. Hey, please do. I mean, I, I'm really gonna hold you to that. I'm yeah. like, and I'll be in contact with you if <laughs> if you don't. I'm, please I'm do. Gonna, I'm gonna come one of them fuckers. Hell, I mean, when your new EPA drops, we'll have you on back on, and we'll promote the shit out of it. Hey, let's do it, <laughs> dude. I have no problem bringing you back on. I've had a great fucking time. Me too, man. But um, I, I did. I appreciate you again, man, and I'll definitely uh, hit you up on Instagram, and we'll definitely do this again another time because um, I think we still have a lot more to talk about. I want to hear some more of what you've got to offer, and oh, yeah. when this new EP drops, I want to I want to promote the hell out of it for you, bro. Man, that that'll be a blessing, man. I really appreciate you. Hey, no really? problem. Hey, man, it's all like you said. It's all about com- making connections and making friends in this business. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm 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 behind you, bro. Hey, man, thank you, and uh, vice versa. I mean, you know, whatever I can do, <laughs> whatever I can do. I mean, because I I would love I would love to book you for a comedy show, man. <laughs> I really would. <laughs> Bring me on, dude. I will I will have 
but it gotta, you know, gotta see. I'm the type of comedian that you gotta promote. You know, bring your depends or bring your diapers because you will be pissing in your pants. I'm I, see. I'm that kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> Not really, but you know, whatever. <laughs> hey. I'm gonna lie to everybody. They're already coming there. I'm like, oh, he sucks. But I'm wearing a diaper, motherfucker. I got you. <laughs> That's the biggest joke of the night. Yeah, man. But um, yeah. I mean, shit. You you performing? You want to book a comedian before you perform? I'm all about you. I'll I will open for you, brother. Hey, man. Yo, I'll roll that, up that crowd. That's all. Let, let me make sure I got the. Uh... Yeah, man. We we definitely got a. Uh... Definitely got to stay in touch, man. I, I definitely, I enjoy it. This, the, this is probably the the first interview that I'm like, you know, I still kick it up here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what, you know. again, that's what the show's all about, dude. It's not about that hokey. So tell me, what's your biggest inspiration? Yeah. No, yeah. I don't, I, no, I, I can read that. I read that, you know, yeah. that's, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. Well, we're going to promote what you got to promote, but I want to know you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't want to know I am Keynotes. I don't want to. I want to know who Keon is. And, exactly. I, and I found out a lot about that tonight. So thank you very much, man. Yeah, man. Thank you for asking me, man. No problem, dude. We'll, but I'll definitely keep in touch and we'll definitely have you back. That sounds like a plan. All right, man. You have a good one now. All right, you too. All right, brother. Woo. What a great, what a great dude. What a great dude. All right. So I'm going to take a quick commercial break. And I, earlier I lied. I said um, I didn't have a band on. I, I'm, I lied. I do. They're, they're here. They're waiting. So I'm going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back and with Michael Woski and the Underground Weathermen. Guys, ever wonder how I get this manly beard looking so good? It's all because of Viking Revolution. And at Viking Revolution, not only can you get some great beard bombs, but you can also get some great beard oils as well as some awesome quick shower pads, which helps prevent you stanking up after the gym. Also, these great wet wipes, which help prevent, you know, stanky after you know, going doo-doo. And also some pomades and some other great products, all at Viking Revolution. So you do yourself a favor, go to dccproductions.com forward slash sponsors, click on the banner, and get yourself some of these great products. Viking Revolution. Join the revolution. And all the links are down below in the YouTube video. And they're also on the website and everywhere else like that. Get yourself some nice, beautiful beard products. And uh, so help support the channel. And help support them because they're a great fucking company. Independently owned company that deserves some extra help. But without any further ado, please welcome to the show, Michael Woski. And the underground weathermen. Hey, thanks for having us. <laughs> I saw the, the stage is yours, man. Sorry? I said the stage is yours. Oh, okay. I was trying to have a conversation with you, but that's okay. Well, 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 I was going to ask you what color underwear you're wearing. And if you believe in social media or not. Okay, here, the, the song's called Less of the More. Oh, 
Can you turn up your guitar a little bit? Which one? Uh, the your... acoustic guitar? Yeah, the acoustic. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Joe, you got that? 
Thank God for Joe Bryan of the wonderful band. <laughs> I should have spoke so many things earlier. <laughs> of the wonderful band Heavy Fred. We love that band. They're good guys. <clears throat> but um, we appreciate you guys hanging out with us. This next song is called Future Perfect. Thank you. 
Thanks, Derek, for having us on to the second podcast. We do appreciate it. Um, and hopefully we'll see you next time. But uh, if not, I guess that means one of us died in a fiery car accident. Which one is Oh, yeah? Yeah, that's cool, too, I guess. Okay, this song's called Write a Letter. This really is about the first time that Jesse got a cell phone and was like, Mike, I don't even believe in the internet anymore. Or something. No, social media, that's what you said. All right, this song's called Write a Letter. It's about the way things used to be. USPS. <laughs>
Thanks, Michael. You guys have a good night. Thank you, Derek. All right. So that's our Tuesday. Great performance by the Underground Weathermen. Great interview with I Am Keynotes. And, and you know the hits just keep on coming. Tomorrow, I have a beautiful young artist by the name of Kai Rose on the show. Um, should be a definite good interview that I hope everybody checks out because you know what this 
you know, this chick is going places and it would be a shame not to give her the props that she deserves. So definitely come back again tomorrow for Miss Kairos because you know what? Shit's going to go down like it always does here on Sucker Podcast. But until then, peace, stay healthy, stay heavy, and as always, stay happy. Peace.